All right. Hello. What's going on? This is Rich Ryan here. This is the Reinforced Running Podcast. What is up? Today, we are talking about strength training for high rocks. And now there's a lot of nuance to this and the things that I've been exploring over the past couple of years, trying to figure out how much strength is actually needed. What kind of strength endurance should you aim for? What kind of blend of both? Should it be primarily during your quality workouts? What kind of efforts, what kind of strength is needed to maintain this level of performance, any level of performance, not my level of performance, but at, at like an elite level of performance, let's just say. So there has been a couple of interesting points that have been made in terms of looking at the current strength abilities of some of the high end high rocks athletes and uh, shout out to rocks life. Give them a follow. Make sure you uh, are following along with what they got going on. I think they are doing some coaching now, but he's really great at crunching numbers, taking a look at what's available to him and, and, and harnessing some of the relationships that he has to create these kind of articles. And the strength requirements that he was looking at were three, three rep maxes for squat and squat deadlift. And I think uh, I, I forget, I think bench press, honestly, I think is what it was. And the numbers were pretty low, not extremely strong when it comes to what we as humans and athletes are capable of doing on the strength side of things. So in terms of the absolute like maximum amount of strength that you need, it's not that high for, for most people. And like I said, that's comparatively to someone who may have played football or someone who does CrossFit or a powerlifter, for example the raw numbers that we're seeing these high rocks athletes put out are, is not very high and it could be a variety of a couple of different reasons. People coming uh, from an endurance background or maybe not necessarily familiar with a lot of lifts. Maybe there's some movement uh, deficits that people have, which can really hinder the amount of maximum weight they have, but that's not necessarily the amount of power that they're able to generate. It's just a matter of like, how well they can move through a squat, through a press, like what kind of form their deadlift are. Like it's, there's a lot of factors that can be explained about why raw numbers are not what we think that they might be. But in terms of what you need to do, I think building your maximum strength is extremely important and maybe not building, but maintaining maximum strength. So if you can get yourself to a place where the strength demands of the event are not challenging, because realistically, none of these things are that heavy. But when we look at the things like the sled push, sled pull, this could be an area where you might need to have the max or might need to build strength to actually move the thing faster or to have it not take more out of you. So being near or at your Max strength is only is only going to truly help what you're going to be able to move, and really how you get there is by working at lower strength sets with compound movements. So uh, reps, I'm sh I should say, so lower rep ranges between uh, just under five and working eighty five percent of your one rep max and above, and to maintain this type of strength, that should be touched on or near every week at least. So I think for sure there needs to be one day per week where you are lifting heavy. And generally I like to split these into two days just so you can kind of give yourself a little bit of 
recovery on the antagonistic muscles, and then you can really do a lot more uh, on different lifts. So whenever I program for strength, it, it pretty much across the board, there's going to be two specific days that are going to be geared toward just training like in the gym. And now this doesn't mean that there's not some sort of conditioning piece because usually there, there is some sort of conditioning piece because that is also important, but the maximum strength part I think is, is the, the frequency in which you hit that will determine how easy you, the, the strength portions of the race feel. And that can decline. If you are working mostly around whatever, 50% less by just doing high rock stuff, the maximum amount of strength that you have will decline and you can maintain it somewhat. I mean, it's not going to have a really sharp decline because you're consistently working on muscular endurance. That's going to do something for you, but it's like your top end speed. I like to bring everything back to running. That's what I do. If you are not sprinting often, your high end ability to sprint will deteriorate. You're not going to be as fast as you were in high school playing, uh, American football, playing worldwide football, because you're not doing this often. That's what you did often in training, in practice, and in the games. We're working at a very high level of output. That will go away the same way that the strength will go away. Like if you're just working at, say, threshold for your runs, which I don't know, it could be like 80%, 8 out of 10 RPE. Let's call it that. That will improve just how your muscular endurance will improve when doing volume squats or volume sled push or volume sled pull, your endurance for those events will improve, but your high end speed, it will deteriorate. It will go away. A lot of us now, we're not really even touching on that high end speed because in terms of race specificity, it's like zero. It's, it's very helpful for mechanical efficiency to work at like sprinting or fast 200s, fast 100s, fast 60 meters, things like that. But in, in terms of like how often we're going to like touch that in the race, it's low. And so we think that that can also be so we can apply that same logic to what we're doing in a high rocks event. We're not going to need to lift 90 percent or to exert 90 percent of our strength into one specific area. But the, the but the endurance side of things, the deterioration of your uh, endurance of your energy of your of all the pieces that lead to fatigue will accumulate and so everything will obviously get harder and harder and harder that's why the wall balls are such a, a kick in the head it's just it's way harder than any any set of wall balls that you will do the lunges are also pretty difficult and that's the weight's not heavy like a 20 pound med ball a 14 pound med ball for pro women not heavy not heavy like if you had to like do a one rep max thruster, which is essentially the same movement you could do. Uh, I don't know, 10 times as much <laughs> like a 200 pound thruster isn't out of the question, but when you're at the end of that race, everything's weakened. So having that max strength is very important because that's kind of strength in reserve. And that's an area where your maximum strength is going to be very important for your high rocks performance. Whereas like you might not need that much speed in reserve. It wouldn't hurt. <laughs> it really, really wouldn't hurt. But the way that the sport's kind of playing out, it seems that something even like a threshold run where you're working like eight out of 10 RPE, something you can hold for uh, 
15K is going to be faster than what you're going to be running during a high rock. So that's kind of your speed and reserve is that type of running work as opposed to doing like fast 200s. Or if you're doing a Decafit, you might need a little bit more speed in reserve for that event than you would for high rocks. But the strength in reserve is very important for high rocks. So doing high end strength work at least once a week, that's minimum. So if you wanted to couple your back squat day with your deadlift day and just have like one day where you're just lifting heavy, that that should be enough. And if it's like a time restraint thing or you just can't really put uh, any more emphasis or take any any time away from muscular endurance work or from uh, running endurance work, rowing, skiing endurance work, once a week, minimum. Because all this other stuff that you're doing, it is going to make you a little bit weaker. <laughs> and you're, uh, it's going to be hard to have that strength and reserve when you're as fatigued as you possibly could be. Now, of course, there's balance. If you're coming from a powerlifting background and maybe you do deadlift over 500 pounds and your back squat is uh, over 450 pounds on the men's side, then like maybe like you can lose 100 pounds off of both of those lifts and you will still be plenty strong enough. You'll have that strength and reserve. But for the most part... If you're competing at a high level or you're looking to compete at a high level, your running is going to have to be pretty improved. And for that, like your your numbers are just going to drop. So you don't want it to drop much further than than where it would be from that, if that makes sense. I kind of I kind I think I kind of drifted there. I kind of drifted off there. I, I was uh, more or less saying to compete at the highest level here, you should probably be as strong as you possibly as you can be and work on it frequently twice a week, I think is appropriate. And what that structure of that work is going to look like is going to be again, three by five, five by three, five by five with some sort of compound lift where it's going to really be a lot of exertion for you in like a squat or a deadlift, something that's going to take like a lunge. If that's something that you're efficient in. And that's a piece that I think needs to be put in place and can be really easy to drift off. And I kind of made this mistake a little bit in this previous build where I, for a variety of reasons, but mostly because I was so focused on improving my high output, high end output, that some of the high end strength kind of went to the wayside and I kind of started to focus more on muscular endurance type of stuff. And I think that that cost me, that cost me quite a bit when it came to the sleds where it should have been easier to move. And I had lost a little bit and even a little bit, like you kind of need to be at that highest end to get the most out of all of your stations. That's why I think it's critical to keep the strength in there at least twice a week, lifting as heavy as possible in some sort of compound movement. So I, that's simply, that's pretty much how I would structure it. And then you can do any type of powerlifting, honestly, program works really well. I kind of skew toward powerlifting and then the accessory work is a little bit more specific toward what we would see in a high rocks or deck. And the things that I think would be more tr- uh, transferable as opposed to like a lot of powerlifting programs, it will be, uh, <laughs> The accessory work will be work that's transferable into then those lifts that you're going to be doing for uh, like a competition, like a back squat or a deadlift or a uh, a strict press or bench press. And the movements for high rocks are not necessarily that. So it can, uh, so you need to, uh, so you can, like what I like to do, I should say, is work my accessories that are going to be a little bit more specific toward the the, the event itself.
One piece of this that is a little bit more nuanced is the muscular endurance side of things. Like how much, how much volume can you and should you do? And I've gone back and forth on this. And there's definitely times where I think it's super helpful and where it can then kind of parlay into endurance work during your specific training. So a lot of times I like to put my muscular endurance work, and this could be things from like reps from like eight to 50, truly. But you know, you want to keep it somewhere probably in that 12 to 20 range is where I like to be the muscular endurance work. And that can kind of lay a really good foundation in terms of your efficiency of movement and making sure that you are able to, to take on the volume of a specific workout and still get the intended desire, um, the desired intent. Intent to desire, desired intent for sure. So basically what I mean is a lot of times in these high rocks workouts, right? Like if, if you are muscularly breaking down and you, and fatigue creeps in because your muscles can no longer do lunges, can no longer do burpees, and then everything gets elevated and you kind of have, and you have to slow down your efforts so that muscularly you can catch up. And as you muscularly catch up cardiovascularly, you're revved down. And so you're going to miss the intent of that workout and what it's going to feel like during the race, because those two kind of need to work in tandem. You, you can't be really gassed during uh, a, a station and expect to improve upon it from training right so that those are the pieces that can be kind of worked in isolation so if like the burpees are something where you have to really slow down and really rest or you come out of it and you kind of have to walk out of that station or to really jog or 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 just kind of completely blitzes you then you're not efficient in that movement and your muscular endurance is probably poor in that specific movement so working at a muscular endurance side of things is going to be very important for that so that you can then take those movements and place them into a high rocks specific style of training, which would be a mixed modal compromise, compromise running workouts, essentially where you would do 40 burpees and then run a thousand meters. And then you would do 40 lunges and run a thousand meters. You have to be in that spot. So if you instantly go right into the race demands, like say you're doing a workout that is whatever, four rounds, 800 meter run, hundred meter lunges, 800 meter run, 100 wall balls sounds really hard and it would be really hard, but there's very small chance that you'll hold up muscularly to get the conditioning piece that would effectively help your performance for the high rocks events itself. So I see a lot of workouts that just get posted that just don't make any sense from that perspective because you need to be a ridiculously efficient uh, mover and an incredibly strong in terms of like that strength and reserve and have a ton of muscular endurance to even have these like come close to hitting the mark in terms of conditioning. If you're doing like for that example of that workout, if you have to do 20 lunges and then rest uh, until you can like physically move more, then like you're not getting what you need to get out of that workout. Like, unless it is like, and if it is just muscular endurance that you're going for, like just do straight sets. <laughs> like if you're like, I need to, to build up my muscular endurance on my lunges, then just do that. And then work your conditioning in an area that it's a little bit more efficient for you, whether that's machines or just like straight up running or on the bike. And then 
when you can build that muscular endurance individually, then you can kind of place that in. I like mixing them both right away all year, all the time. You'll get some decent results on the short term, but in the long term, you'll certainly plateau on that just because you will be taking so taking on so much fatigue from so many different areas that you will be limited in what you can do in on the muscular side of things. So for that workout example, I would just instead of doing that, I would just do like, I don't know, I would five sets of uh, 20 lunges and next week do five sets of 30 lunges and then just build up on that piece. So then when it comes time to do a big nasty workout, you have the ability to do so and still maintain that conditioning piece. So muscular endurance, it can be kind of the foundation of your actual conditioning work. Muscular maximum strength is the foundation of all the other work that you do. So your, your strength and reserve can improve so that the amount, so that the, how taxing these muscular endurance workouts become on your, uh, like on your muscle fibers and on your tendons and everything else. And just like on your cardiovascular system, because as you do more rep, like as you do higher reps, it's going to ramp up your heart rate. It's going to call more blood to go to those specific areas and it can, can slow you down. So like making that easier on your muscles by working at a higher rate is just going to make you a little bit more efficient when moving into that muscular endurance piece. So still like maximum strength needs to be frequent, but also needs to base. And that's why having that frequency of that muscular strength is so important. So you don't lose that. So that strength and reserve doesn't go away. And so it's not more demanding to improve, to like do a high set of lunges or even one single lunge. Like if your if your strength and reserve goes down, one single lunge is going to be harder than if it was higher, right? So once that strength is has that foundation, you can then work into that muscular endurance. This is what I like to do. And then when you work into that muscular endurance, that can then be the foundation of a lot of these conditioning pieces. Until you have both of those pieces down, the if you work it just all into the, into the conditioning, if you're just like high rocks workout Monday, high rocks workout. Thursday, high rocks workout Saturday. And like, you're just doing all of it all the time. Like it, like things are going, like it's all of it is going to go down after, after an extended period of training. So that's why these strength pieces in isolation are very, very important. And when it goes away, or if, if you get so wrapped up into the actual event and training for that event, then like it's ultimately going to hurt your training. It's ultimately going to hurt your results. So making sure that you are staying frequent with your strength training all season long is very important. Like I said, it can only be, it could be like eight days, eight to 10 days of not lifting at that high end. And you're going to start to lose some strength. And in turn, it's going to make the stations harder. Even if you're hammering, hammering, hammering the stations on your muscular endurance side, it's still going to be a little bit harder because your maximum strength has depleted. So that's where working these pieces of like these high rocks specific workouts, it should be like 12 weeks, eight weeks, six weeks. It doesn't need to be 52 weeks. And if it is like, again, you'll see good results early in, in, in your, in your progress, but then it will fade out. Like, right. It's like, and CrossFit is an example of a sport that is constantly varied whatever, blah, 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 but they're not training for a specific test. They're training for all of it. So then you kind of need to do all of it all of the time. 
and they can improve their ability by increasing the volume, right? That seems to be the, the amount to go. It's like your volume has to be there, but they lift heavy all of the time. They will lift heavy every single week. They'll lift heavy like most freaking days because they know once that volume starts to ramp up, they want all this work to be a little bit easier on, on their muscular system. And to do that, you need to lift heavy. So I would recommend twice a week. Then I would recommend having, if you want to work your accessory work as the muscular endurance, that works great. That can be where you do high volume lunges. That could be where you do high volume burpees, high volume thrusters, high volume wall balls, whatever that is, that can be worked after your main lift of the day. And I would recommend probably doing like two big lifts per session, whether that's a, a lower body, upper body type of thing. And that could be, you know, heavy row. It could be sled push. Really, you could get super heavy on a sled push, super heavy on a sled drag. Those type of things can also really tax that system because that that is also a compound movement in, in terms of the type of damage you could take on. But the one thing with the sleds, like the, the sleds can definitely help your, your max strength for sure in a in that specific range of motion in that specific movement. The there's no and what's nice about the sleds is that there's no um there's no uh eccentric loading. So you're not going to take on as much damage and it won't be as much soreness. It's all concentric. It's all just like press, press, press. And uh sled drag is, is uh, pretty similar to that as well. So those can, those can honestly work into your max strength work. But you got to love that shit heavy. It can't be like uh, these 50 meter pushes that we have. It, it needs to be very, very heavy. When it comes to your muscular endurance work, then you can kind of get into like those 50, 75, 100 meter 200 meter sled pushes, whatever it is, if you want to just go nuts, like then that's muscular endurance work and it might deteriorate your high end uh, ability to push that sled, which is also something that I think needs to be accounted for, or it could be accounted for, like it, it could, it could work pretty well on that end. So that's what I'm saying. That's what you got to do two, two, at least twice a week, uh, just to be safe because something could happen, <laughs> but I would definitely put in two days a week of high end strength work to make sure that you're keeping your high-end strength available to you to make your strength and reserve better, to make your ability to do muscular endurance a little bit easier. And then once you get that muscular endurance down, then that is when you can start to be very efficient in your conditioning pieces. Because if you are not efficient in your conditioning pieces and you have and it kind of ebbs and flows, like you kind of have to take rest and your your effort dips and your heart rate comes down and you have to kind of dip back, drive back up, then it spikes again. You're not getting that consistent effort that you really do need in order to do well in a high rocks event. It, it is a 60 to 120 minute race. So and undulating your efforts throughout the race ain't gonna cut it. You need to find that sustained pace that you can hold for the entire hour, for the entire hour and a half, for the entire two hours, and not need to up and down. And if you're not efficient to these movements that will help with your conditioning, then you won't get it. So max strength, muscular endurance, conditioning, compromised running, whatever that is. All right, wrap that up. I'll have some more specific examples and I'll probably have some things like that put out on YouTube, which by the way, there's some new videos coming out for you over at YouTube, at Rich Ryan on YouTube. This week we had footwear for high rocks, which you need to know 
if you need, to, if you're looking for new shoes, I don't tell you like what shoes I give you a couple of recommendations that I would trust and that I've used in my personal experience toward the end of the video, but it's basically like what you need to know about what to look for for a shoe. So you can figure it out yourself. There's not one answer. There's not a best answer. All these things work different. It's that's footwear in general. There's no one best shoe. Use whatever you want. This week we are. Yeah, that was last week. This week we have four ways for burpee broad jumps. I've spoken about this uh, at length on this podcast. You're going to get some visuals, when to use the burpee broad jump and how to, how to organize it. Then we have three strength movements to improve your sled pull. And then we also have coming out down the road, a little video we're calling from data to dominance, basically how to assess your high rocks performance. And then what you can do to really understand where you need to work for your next one to improve. Make sure you're checking out YouTube at Rich Ryan link down below to make sure you're getting all of those videos that are going to be coming. We're going to be putting more out, more videos, more videos, more videos. Also, this podcast is brought to you by Driven Nutrition. Driven Nutrition has been a supporter of mine for the past couple of months. And what I really love about them is that they are advocates of this style of training. They're very, very involved in the sport and they want to see it grow just like me. So it was a really good match. On the product side of things, what I love from a nutrition company is when they are able to break out the different components of their supplements and sell them by themselves. I don't want all this other filler. I don't want 10 different ingredients in my pre-workout, my post-workout in my, uh, like other supplements stuff. They will give you straight up creatine, straight up beta alanine, straight up whey protein. They do have, of course they do have mixtures in these type of things as well, but they understand the value of, having these things in isolation. And that's what I really like as well. So you can really feel what's happening for me personally. I love the creatine creatine. What it does, it is going to give you a little bit of extra energy to do those high end works. It's going to, it can improve your cellular, uh, hydration, and it can also help brain function. Creatine, most studied supplement on the planet. It's amazing. It works. Also beta alanine, take it every day. What it does, it actually balances. It creates, it, it stores in the muscles and creates as, uh, or, or, or works to buffer your, or buffer acid in your muscular system. I am all of, I know what this does. I promise. So it regulates the pH in your blood. That's what it does. and helps buffer out that lactic acid or actually the hydrogen ion that will come, that will mix with lactate to create that kind of like burning sensation that you, you felt on the assault bike, you know, you have. So those are two of my main things i take it every single day and these products not only are they in isolation but they're high quality it can kind of like you can like sometimes beta alanine you get it, it you can it's not all the way there this one is there so i recommend checking that out you can get 20 percent off using r ryan one word 20 at checkout make sure you're checking out driven nutrition they're helping us grow and support this sport so we want to help support them it's good stuff take a look at the show down in at the links down in the show notes. That's it for me today. I will talk to you soon.